Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everybody. My name is Layla, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us this morning as we discuss God's Word together. But before we do that, let's take a moment and pray. God, we just thank you today for who you are and for your wisdom that you've given us, Lord, to walk in your ways, Lord, the help and the guidance that you have provided to each and every one of us, Lord. We thank you for your abundance and mercy and grace, Lord, and that you remember our good works and that they don't perish before you, God, and that you see them, Lord, both the things that we do in secret and the things that we do in the open, Lord. And we just thank you for that and that you remember, God. And that you're faithful to keep your words that you have given to us, Lord. And that you keep those things that we commit to you, God. So we just stand on your promises this morning, Lord. And we stand upon your word, Lord. And we rest and we take refuge in you, God. And we trust that you have it all because you do, Lord. So we just thank you for, to, for that today. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everybody. We're glad to have you with us as we continue our study on the Lord's house. Um, so this morning, we're going to begin in Genesis chapter 1. And, but before we get there, um, I just want to talk briefly about the manifold wisdom of the Lord. Right? In Proverbs 24, verse 3 and 4, tells us that through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all ple- precious and pleasant riches. And then also in Proverbs chapter 8, let's say, um, for those that are that have their Bibles, I would encourage you to read the whole chapter, especially verses 12 through the end. But for this, we're going to focus on Proverbs 8, 22 through 31. And it says, The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, Before his works of old, I have been established from everlasting, from the beginning, before there was ever an earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled. Before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters would not transgress his command. Then I was beside him as a master craftsman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world. And my delight was with the sons of men. So, I bring that up because this morning we are going to, I'll say, move or transition from the law of the house, which talked about the whole mountaintop being holy. And we're going to begin looking at the house. And in order to do that, the patterns that are there, right? That's what he said to Moses. Make sure you follow the pattern. 
right? Yes. yes. Well, we can look at that in a number of different ways. And that is, as we talked about, the obedience factor. Being obedient to what the Lord instructed Moses to do, right? Yes. But if there's a pattern, then that means it was probably already done before, right? Yes. This wouldn't be a first-time thing. There has to be an original. There has to be an original. So we're, let's look at the original, which, of course, occurs in Genesis chapter 1 in the beginning. So could I get a volunteer to read Genesis chapter 1 in its entirety? I will. All right, LaCharles. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. God, God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, Let there be a ferment in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the ferment and divide the waters which were under the ferment from the water from the waters which were above the ferment, and it was so. And God called the ferment heaven, so the evening and the morning were the second day. <coughs> then God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place, and let dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gatherings and the gathering together of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb, that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed, seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit whose seed is in itself according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the second, were the third day, sorry, the third day. Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness and God saw that it was good so the evening and the morning were the fourth day then God said let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens so God created sea creatures and every moving thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind and God saw that it was good and God blessed them saying be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the sea and let birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth a living creature according to his kind, cattle and creeping things, and beasts of the earth, each according to his kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to his kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping day that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created man. Male and female he created them. 
Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields fruit, seed which is on the face of all the earth and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you it shall be for food also to every beast of the earth to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life i have given every green herb for food and it was so then god saw that saw everything that he had made and indeed it was very good so the evening and the morning were the sixth day amen So, there's a lot in there, and then in all the scriptures that we've discussed already. But uh, I want to, at this time, open up the floor to each of you to share with the Holy Spirit speaking and ministering to you about creation as it pertains to building the Lord's house. And then, of course, to ask any questions that you have. All right? Yes. Who'd like to begin? I do. All right, Layla. Um, so, Daddy had mentioned Proverbs 8. Um, you can read the whole chapter, but you had looked at verses 22 um, through 31. And it just reminded me of something I learned this week while I was reading this chapter because I've been in Proverbs a lot. Um and it was something the Lord shared with me because I would look out the window and go, oh, Lord, look at this creation. It's so complex and so absolutely gorgeous. And like, how could anybody think of that? And he mentioned it to me in Proverbs 8 that it was the Holy Spirit and that was wisdom. And he's given it to us. And so when the Lord had created the earth, everything that was in it, in the six days that he worked with the, the, re- the seventh being a rest day, he used wisdom. That was the Mm -hmm. tool that he had from the very beginning. And when he made us and said, come, let us make man in our image and in our likeness, he also gave us wisdom so that we could create just like he did. Now, it's up to us to access that gift and to use it properly. But it's already there. It's not something that you have to go and, um, you know, scavenge for, if you will. You Mm -hmm. have to apply yourself to use it. Absolutely. But it's not a far off thing that you've got to wait. A thousand years before you can get it you have to be 600 years old before you're wise enough to get it or qualified and then um back in proverbs 8 verse 12 says i wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge and discretion so prudence and knowledge were already captured in wisdom so you don't have to go searching for those two either and so it's like a a whole package bundle and you see how thorough God is and what he created in his creation. He didn't leave anything undone, no stone unturned. He filled in all the details and because he filled in all the details and we're in his image and in his likeness, we fill in all the details as well on our time and in, in the earth. Um, and that's what he, that's the greatest tool that he equipped us with. No, um, there are things that you learn, like practical applications of facts, if you will, and statistics and numbers. 
but that can only go so far in the human life you need god's supernatural wisdom to keep going the whole way if you try to do god's work just based on what you learned in school or based on what you know with your human brain you cannot do it because it's made to be used with wisdom and the way he did it he worked with wisdom and this is how the lord phrased it if i use wisdom what makes you think you can go without it mm. i said oh lord that hurt but it's true we need what he has to offer and there, at no point can we go no no lord we got this I, I got this i can do it myself otherwise there would have been no need for jesus to come to earth but since he did that means we were lacking in an area and he provided the answer from the very beginning to the to all our problems all we have to do is access it and come to him to get it hmm. okay that's well Man, well stated that. absolutely and I want to build off that because you mentioned uh, wisdom was also talking about the Holy Spirit, right? Yes. And in chapter uh, Proverbs chapter 8, it says that I was there from the beginning, right? Even yes. before there was a heavens and earth. Don't we see that in Genesis 1 cha uh, verse 2? Yes. Chapter 1 verse 2 says, And the Holy Spirit, or in the Spirit of the Lord, hovered over the waters. Yes. Referring to the Holy Spirit. And what does Isaiah 11 Verse 2 say. Mm. And actually, it's the first three verses. I, I, this is another pattern I want everyone to see, right? Mm -hmm. So, Can first, so Isaiah 11, 1 through 3 says this. It shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots the spirit of the lord shall rest upon him the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the lord his delight is in the fear of the lord and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes nor decide by the hearing of his ears and of course it continues right yes but you brought up an interesting point. You said, uh, without the Holy Spirit's wisdom, we were lacking. Clearly, we were lacking because we were not yet created. <laughs> but there he was. All right? But also yes. the pattern. Right? What's it say? In the beginning, God created. Right? Yes. And then, in verse 2. So, and actually, if you look at that, especially if you look in the Hebrew... And, and Dean, I love how you search out the scriptures and, and use the interlinear, right? But the f it begins, right? The, the Hebrew, the very first word begins with bet, or the letter B in Hebrew. Which, if you look at that pictorially, right? Because it's a very pictorial, Hebrew is a very pictorial language. Especially if you look at the biblical and ancient Hebrew. It almost looks like a mouth, and it's the very first letter in it. Some scholars would state that it represents the sun, right? So God's sun. And from it, everything else goes forth, right? All the rest yes. of the his word, or the words of scripture, the Bible, which is a very interesting um, perspective. Although, yes, scripture does say that he is the Alpha and Omega, or the Aleph and the Tav, 
right? The, be- the first and the last, the beginning and the end. But you see this pattern where it talks about God, just same as Isaiah 11. It's talking about Jesus. And then it talks about the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, both in Genesis and in Genesis 1, or yeah, 1 verse 2 and Isaiah 11 verse 2, right? It's another pattern. Yes. And what did Jesus say about the Holy Spirit? You need him, right? And he will sub- and do you, uh, that's all of us, with power from on high, right? And without me, you can do nothing, right? Yes. Okay. So he, the Holy Spirit's there. And then in verse 3 is where, of Genesis chapter 1, is where he begins declaring, right? And God said, so in Isaiah 11, verse 3, He's not judging by the, by the sight of his eyes or by the hearing of his ears, right? He's receiving instruction from the Father through the Holy Spirit. Same, right? You see the same thing. The, the Godhead is three in one, right? And this is yes. how Jesus patterned his life on earth. He heard from the Father through the Holy Spirit, and he said what the Father said to say and did what the Father did. So you see that right there in the beginning, first three verses. As, and Jesus being the pattern and example for our life. This is how he operated from the beginning. Does everybody see that? They recognize that? Yes. 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 Any any other questions, comments, or anything anyone else is being ministered to by the Holy Spirit to share? Uh, yes. All right, Charles. Uh, this also involves Mr. Dean, so Mr. Dean, please feel free to comment as well. <laughs> Why, thank um, you, sir. He's <laughs> roping in there, brother. Okay, so it just remind me of, uh, was it last week? I'm not sure exactly what week, but Mr. Dean was talking about how the plants started growing before the Lord had created the sun. It says that plants were there before the sun was created. And the Lord's just speaking to me here is that originally was curious about but the lord is saying showing me that the lord created everything in his perfect time and season he didn't put man here before everything was ready for it nor did he put the birds and the fish here before the waters and the heavens were created so i was just looking and i wondered why that was uh put first and the lord was showing me here uh through the scripture was that there was already light and darkness darkness was not created because it was already there what we qualify as darkness was not yet created. There is, of course, evil when Satan fell. That's when mm-hmm. evil came around. But that was not darkness. It wasn't like a physical pitch black. I can't see through it. Because it says he created light and darkness. And that was uh, the first day. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. Mm-hmm. There was no separation up from it. So the Lord was also just speaking to me through that verse was that the Lord is the Lord of all. He's not just the Lord of light, but he sees and controls everything that goes on. Like Lilith saying, when you're in the light and when you're in the darkness, which represents when you're in secret, the Lord sees and knows everything. There's Everything is intermingled with him. No matter how you try to slice it, there's no way that you can escape from it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, so you mean like when David said, if I, if I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. 
yeah. there's there's no way that we can go from God where his his eyes don't see, where he's not present and he's not still God. However, yes. there is no no darkness in our God, no variation or shadow of turning, mm-hmm. like James references. He is not an evil God and then good. He's he's not good and evil. Exactly. He's only good and all good and he is purity, right? And in yes. him he is the light of men, right? Yes. Um, so in the beginning, we see from God's pattern that he creates things as a finished work. So from verse 1 in Genesis to verse 2, something happened in there that took it from being a full, an entire creation to now being, formed, being found without form and void. Which right? means what in the Hebrew, honey? Unreality. There was being, an unreality. Exactly. Outside of the way that God created it. And then when we look at Revelation, we see what happened. Lucifer said, I'm going to do these things. I'm going to take over God. And God kicked him out and expelled him from heaven, as well as the angels that were accompanying him. Right. And they were thrown down to earth. And that caused it to be out of whack. Right. So the destruction that happened as a result of Lucifer being put in his place that he decided to um, go to from being the angel the, the cherubim that served before God and now he's being an adversary to the Lord, right? So the, the darkness that was on the earth was a result of that, everything being thrown out of whack, right? And then God came back and he restored the light, which we know that he is the light. And he spoke to creation and light came and then he later created the sun and the moon to govern their respective places. So in what you're saying, you're leaving God in this place of righteousness, correct? Yes, most definitely. And you're saying that he is God. No matter where we find ourselves, he is still God. Yes. Okay. And I also want to just take it back even further about no matter what you're going through, the Lord is always there. There's always aspects of him that you see around your life. There's never a completely a place where he cast you off. Okay. So and that's what I want to say. Even though it may, you may not physically be able to see it, like mm-hmm. you say, okay, that's the Lord. There's or always mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's always the Lord there with you. So that's what the Lord is showing me here. Is that when the Lord divided light from darkness, He didn't divide Himself from those who are evil. He always gives His Spirit, and it's always there trying to help them. He doesn't cast them off or do anything like that. He's saying He's always present. Okay, and so in one regard, you're, you're talking from the, the big picture of creation. That is, there was a spiritual and a natural that happened here, right? Yes. But then on the other hand, you're talking about the intimate relationship that God has with individuals. That no matter what point of life we're in, if we're in our deepest, darkest pit, we're in the lowest points of life, God is still there and he's still reaching out to you and calling you, offering his assistance and a pro- trying to provide a way of escape for you because his love for you doesn't stop just because you find yourself in a place outside of where he's called you to be outside of his goodness, outside of connection with him. Now on the, uh, you have to keep these two points um, in their proper place. Humans have the right and the ability to choose and the blood of Jesus Christ redeems humans. Angels did not have the right to choose, but they do have the ability which is why there is no redemption for them in the blood of Jesus, right? Jesus' blood doesn't pay for them to go, God, I'm sorry, I'll come back. Lucifer, who is now Satan, his fate is sealed. And he will not have a chance to be reunited with God because 
while he could make a choice, God did not give him permission to make those choices and to leave his abode. So the spiritual side of spiritual beings being handled and dealt with mm-hmm. is different than how God deals with his human creation, giving us both the right to choose and the ability where angels have ability, but not the right. They should maintain their abode. Mm-hmm. And then the scriptures makes the distinction between that. Okay. Yes. So, um, for the human being, the blood of Jesus is our redemption. And as long as we have breath in our body, we have the opportunity to choose Christ. And he is always able and willing and stretching out his hand, knocking on the doors of our heart to give us that chance to come to him and to find redemption, right? And repent for our sins so he can cover them. Yes. And we can have salvation, right? And even people have died and gone to hell and God has still given them another chance, right? And said, yes. I'll, I'll give you another chance to choose me. I'll restore life to you. Right? But. Yes. Okay. So does that make sense to what you're saying? Does that. Okay. Yes. It's just, it's important. You're not doing anything wrong, sweetheart, but it's important as we examine the word that we, um, the principles of God stay Mm -hmm. clear before our eyes. So we're not mixing the concepts and then being drawn away into deception. Okay. You're smiling. All right, baby. Yeah, I I would say to that, um, as I understand it, it's um, darkness isn't the absence of light. The darkness is a thing. So um, God created everything, right? And he can use everything in any way that he wants. And we take uh, um, the plagues in Egypt, right? He created the darkness, right? And it was was a special darkness, but he did create that, right? There was a darkness when Christ was crucified that happened at that moment there there are times when that is there um we for me i have to believe that god created everything so the the darkness wasn't there and then god put something in the darkness it's so, so it, to me it doesn't work that way god created everything i have to i have to fully yes. believe that he created everything so I just want to be clear we're we're clear about that part specifically mm-hmm. right yes that's and, what and, and we look at the what john you're saying as far as pattern goes mm-hmm and trying to get back to pattern, we don't want to lose the simplicity of, we, we don't want to um, allow the simplicity to confuse us about the complexity. Because the all. pattern is, is that God had an intention for everything. And Absolutely. although, as he shared with us in his word, that he spoke all this into being, and he did it in six days, which is, I mean, he could have done it in six seconds. I mean, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, six mm-hmm. days is actually a long time for him to do what he did with the power that he has. But there's so much more underneath all of what Absolutely. he spoke. I mean, there's just just thinking at things at a basic microscopic level, not even at an atomic level or subatomic level, or we get into macro and micro and all the things that are happening. Um, if you really want to just see something to help you conceptualize that, I would recommend uh, you search um, on an Internet browser for Louis Giglio and the word laminin, L-A-M-I-N-I-N. And it's um, conceptually kind of just a neat way to talk about, even at a microscopic level, how Christ holds everything together. All things are bound up in him, right? So he is the sustainer of all things. And so that would go back to my other point. The, the reason the vegetation could grow on the earth without the sun is that God is fully the sustainer of all things. Mm-hmm. So yes. It was 
the the light he created within creation was to provide photosynthesis and heat and all the things that for life to grow necessary for that light but ultimately when his kingdom is fully fulfilled and we see the true kingdom Mm -hmm. the pattern now that we know but in the true kingdom there will be no need for the sun or the moon or the stars because he will be the sustaining light he is Mm -hmm. the light he is the light right that's that's john right and him was the light and the light of the world he was the light of all men and the darkness comprehended it not. Exactly. So when we talk about darkness, there's there's interchanging of words sometimes. Sometimes we, re- we use the word darkness to represent evil. Sometimes we use yes. it to represent literally the light is off or we can't see there's mm-hmm. dim light or not enough. Right? So yes. as, you're, as you're talking and you're sharing what God has for you, um, let us think in terms of if you're representing good versus evil, if that's what you're conveying, because God has no evil in him. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you're ter- talking in terms of how the natural eye perceives light. Right. Yes. So um, I want to hear what the rest of what you had to say, my love. And what you were sharing. Did you finish everything? Mm. Oh, I just I thought it just popped in my head. OK. Also, what? Verse 3, when he said he separated light from darkness, I just, immediately as Mr. Dean was talking, just remind me of Revelation when the new Jerusalem came to earth and how there's no evil thing inside of it. Amen. So, I'd also say this was also correlates to what was going to happen in the, at the end, when the new Jerusalem comes down. Okay, so, so he didn't just create to create. Is what you're getting at. There is a purpose for the pattern. It wasn't just to be there, but there was a a reason behind it, right? Yes. So clearly there was wisdom, knowledge and understanding and counsel behind what he was doing, right? Which goes right into Isaiah 11 and even Proverbs 8, right? Okay. So, which is great and that's accurate. It was always for a purpose. And his house was always for a purpose. All right? So yes. we're gonna, we are going to get into that. We're just layer by layer, right? The Lord is extremely detailed. Extremely. So let's let him minister to us as we go through this study on the Lord's house. And just in his timing. All right? Mm-hmm. And let him, let's let him reveal his plan, his pattern, and all the details of that pattern to us as we go through it. All right? Yes. yes. All right. Well, let's pause there for today, and we will pick it up here again tomorrow, or next on the next episode. So can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right. I promise. Lord, just thank you for today. Just thank you for making everything with the purpose in just being the Lord of all, just making you your Lord of our lives. Lord, I also just thank you for making where whatever you made was perfect and there was no blemish inside of it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. In Jesus name, amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day.
Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.